In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Nikki Druce. And I'm Hal Sherrill. And this is Killers, Cults and Queens. The podcast where we're going to learn all about the scoopiest, scoopiest, the scoopiest, scariest and damn white scariest corners of the world. <laughs> In this episode, we're travelling to a reportedly haunted house that may just have more lurking behind its false doors than the old ghost. It's the Winchester Mystery House. This is how you know gays weren't in charge of this house. Because they weren't looking after the rear. <laughs> I know. That's borderline Kim Kardashian. Yeah. <laughs> the shard is going on here. Are you ready? You know how I feel about ghosties. to Killers, Cults and Queens, the show where we take you on a journey into the darkest corners of the world. Today we're travelling to San Jose, California in the USA to visit the purportedly haunted mansion that is still giving visitors a fright to this very day, the Winchester Mystery House. But before that, what's been going on in Shezzy's world? I'm going to stop you right there before I answer that because I had a DM the other day. And somebody went, I've been loving the podcast, but every time at the top of the episode, you say, and I quote word for word, do you know what? I'm really good. (laughs) (laughs) And I I had to go back and listen to the start of each episode. And do you know what? I do say it. Are you really good? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it's quite funny because we always do the little pre-show chit-chat. Yeah. And I just found it so funny that I went back and l- listened to all the episodes. I go, do you know what? I'm really good. I can't <laughs> complain. Blah, blah, blah. Same things. But also, I didn't realise until somebody pointed out as well. I say, I'm not going to lie. Look. And there's one other that I say. And I'm just like, oh my Christ. I'm like a soundboard. You just press a button. Did they pick up that I say exactly all the time? Because I have. <laughs> 
<laughs> now you've You're said gonna it. You're going to notice it now. Now you've said it. Look, look I just said look, look. again. <laughs> we all have go-to words, our yeah. little conjoining or starting sentence words. Yeah. Oh, that was it. Hey, hey. At the end of the day, hey. That's what I say. But all that rhyme. <laughs> and drop a beat. But, but that's that's just how we speak as humans. They're also saving words as well. So they're like, you know, if you're if you are thinking about what you're gonna say next, they're your little words that you put out there just so your brain's got a little bit of time to think about what it's gonna say next. Yeah, exactly. But Exactly. Um, <laughs> exactly. But yeah. Back to the question. Now we've gone off on our first tangent of many of the podcasts. Uh, 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 Shezzy's world is good. Shezzy's world is busy. Obviously, I'm on tour right now with a Def Drop. You can buy your tickets at defdropplay.com. This is not an advert. I'm just like people to come see the show. You should definitely Uh, go because it is very, very good. I've seen it. Thank you. It is fantastic. Thank you, Nikki Drews. Um, But yeah, everything's good. I'm obviously just absolutely shattered from eight shows a week. But that's theatre. It's theatre. But how are you, Nikki Drews? I'm okay. I'm not too bad. I'm getting over my cold now from our last couple of episodes where I was sounding very sexy. It is the season to be cold in. It is, yeah. And um, I'm getting there. So I'm a little bit wheezy. So if you hear any sort of, of me heavily breathing in the background, it's not just because I'm overly excited about the ghost. This usually is the case, but not today. I have a medical reason. <laughs> and I will say we are back in the studio probably for the last time in quite some time which is very very sad oh but it's the it's the joys of touring yeah that is the way and can you believe that this is now the last episode of the season season one we made it we made it so everybody that's been listening thank you so much for tuning in like we are just over the moon that you've all been enjoying it all the dms all the messages all the comments on the instagram at killers cults queens we really do appreciate it so thank you so much for all your support Yeah, and you got us to number one in the true crime charts, which is like an absolute, like, if I could write out goals on my list of things that I would have liked to have achieved in my life, that was on there. So that's amazing. And to see all those posters around the tubes was truly spectacular. So, guys, thank you for all the love and support. And uh, get ready for season two, because we've been taking your uh, feedback on board and we'll be doing some of the ones that you've been asking for. Oh, we have a lot of really nasty, grisly ones for next time and also a lot of fun ones. So it's going to be amazing. And we've also got a few surprises. We might be doing a Freaky Friday. A Freaky Friday. Oh, yes, yes. And possibly you might be possibly taking the lead on a couple of episodes. But shh, don't tell anybody. Oh, we, I just want to get them all excited for season two. Okay. But <laughs> shall we get into our final episode of the season? Yes. Oh, it's it's sad and also you're going to love it. <laughs> hey, you prefaced ghosts, so I'm already loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, grab your spirit box and your hammer because this house has some seriously strange and spooky architectural twists and turns. Oh, and I love architecture. It's 1884 in the Santa Clara Valley of San Jose in California. A grieving widow has just fled across the country on the alleged recommendation of a medium to escape a curse that had befallen her entire family. Scared for her life, she commences construction on a fortress which will house and protect her against the evil spirits that are hellbent on revenge. 
a building project that would last the entirety of her life. The widow would spend the next 38 years battling the curse with construction, as she was told if the hammering ceased, she would die. But who was this widow, and what had happened to make her so cursed? Let's find out. Ghosts getting revenge. I'm hooked. Give me an IV of this story, because I want it. (laughs) The Winchester Mystery House was designed and created thanks to the mind of one creatively determined woman, Sarah Winchester. But why it was made the way it was still baffles people to this very day. Born into a well-to-do family in New Haven, Connecticut in 1839, Sarah Lockwood Pardee was bright and well-educated. She spoke four languages fluently, including Latin, and she was a skilled musician, and amongst other instruments, she loved playing the organ. Just like you, (laughs) Shezzy. One of my many skills. (laughs) Basically, she was a complete catch. Sarah met William Wirt Winchester in the early 1860s, and after a brief courtship, the pair fell in love, marrying in 1862, when Sarah was 23 and William was 25. The pair were well-liked, and before long, despite them being younger, they became accepted into the upper social circle within Connecticut. Now, Sarah wasn't the only catch in this marriage. William Winchester was lucky enough to have been born into a family which would go on to become a household name in America. His father, Oliver Winchester, a businessman and politician, founded a gun manufacturing company called the Winchester Repeating Arms Company, and he made his son the second president of the prestigious business. The Winchester rifle was the first gun of its kind to be mass-produced, It changed the way guns were used as it was the first ever weapon to be able to shoot repeatedly without needing to be reloaded between each shot, and it soon became a staple of America in the 1800s. It was used and endorsed by the likes of Annie Oakley, Buffalo Bill, and even President Theodore Roosevelt. I've heard of all of them. Yeah, I don't know what Annie Oakley did. Something. She had a gun. (laughs) Yeah. And so did Buffalo Bill and Theodore Roosevelt. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody had a gun. (laughs) America. Over 8 million models were manufactured and sold, and with this new type of gun came more casualties, particularly in warfare. It truly was the turning point for America when it came to guns, and the Winchester rifle changed everything. With everything going well with the business and William doing all right for himself, by 1866, Sarah gave birth to her and William's first child, a little girl called Annie. However, things didn't pan out the way they'd hoped, and after just six weeks, poor baby Annie passed away due to marasmus, which is a condition where, despite eating, she couldn't absorb calories, and so she sadly passed away from malnutrition. Oh, bless her. Absolutely devastated by Annie's passing, the pair never has another child. But despite that, for 15 years, things ticked over just fine for the Winchesters. But in 1880 they were befallen by yet another tragedy. William's 70-year-old father, Oliver, who had been unwell for a while, died. And then, just three months later, William also passed away suddenly after contracting tuberculosis. He was just 43. That's not an age at all, but I guess we are back in the days where the, the, the medical world was not advanced 
and they had no clue how to deal with stuff like this, like we do today. So, yeah, naturally people did, unfortunately, die at a very, very young age. But if somebody was to die at 40 years old now, it's an absolute tragedy. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't seem like an age at all, does it? No. Sarah had now lost her entire immediate family, but she wasn't left to fend for herself. Her mother-in-law, Jane, was still around, and between them both, they inherited the entirety of the Winchester fortune, and it was split equally between them both. Oh, good. Sarah inherited 50% of the Winchester Repeating Arms Company and 20 million in shares, instantly making her one of the richest women alive. This is what I like to hear. Women that get their roses. Women that have... a a moment to shine and this diva deserves it now we're talking a ridiculous amount of money here 20 million in 1881 is equivalent to around 580 million today (gasps) i know imagine that that's that's borderline kim kardashian yeah she would have definitely been the kimmy k of her day Hey, get her her in some skims and get her in a Balenciensi campaign. Start following her around as well and see if she made a very interesting TV show, which I think if she had her own reality TV show, this would be really interesting. You'll find out soon. It's like like the simple life, the heiress to a a fortune and business. Of course she's going to be great TV. Yeah, and to suddenly go from overnight to, you know, obviously she had... She could dip into that money because she was from that family, but she didn't have all of that money, and now she's suddenly got all of it on her plate. It's just crazy. <laughs> money money does a great deal of good to the world, but it also does a lot of disastrous stuff. So let's see how this ends up. So as well as her $580 million, she also had a 50% stake in the arms company, and that meant that she was earning $1,000 a day just by existing. So that would have been around about $28,000 per day in today's money. Oh, imagine just waking up and doing your damn thing and just go, I just walked around, I picked up some coffee, I walked the dog, and I earned $28,000. Like, <laughs> wow. Just earning like a casual, you know, salary in a day. That, that would be lovely, wouldn't it? Just, that's, yeah. That's more than people's yearly wages. Yeah. yeah, that would be really, really nice. So she basically had enough cash to never have to do anything ever again. Right. First tangent of the episode. Yes. Honestly, would you would you want to do nothing all day every day? See, now I've thought about this a lot because I would love to love to win the lottery, but that's never going to happen. But I would love to win the lottery. Never say never. Never say never. never. Well, I don't play it, so it's probably not going to happen. Okay, it's never going to happen then. But I, I do the occasional scratch card, but we're not going to win thousands and thousands off of that, I don't think. Mm. But um, yeah, I've thought that probably I would still work part time, I think, and maybe volunteer the rest of the time, I think. I think for me personally, I am a workhorse through and through. Like, I don't stop. Mm. But I've already told myself that I need to take a semi-sabbatical at the end of this tour because mentally I need to learn how to hit pause. Yeah. And it's okay to take time for yourself. Yeah. But to not work ever mm. and just to go for lunches and just do nothing and maybe have a little holly bob every now and then. I'd yeah. be like, oh, 
okay, this is nice, but I feel like I need to be doing something. Yeah, you need a bit of good balance, don't you? So you need, otherwise things that are nice little respites, I think, don't, mm. they lose their impact. I think I think if I came into a lot and a lot of money, I would just dedicate my time just to charity. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be possible, wouldn't it? Or doing yeah. something like setting up your own charity and so you work there, that kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, back to the story. <laughs> However, the money didn't bring Sarah much solace. After all, I think she would have much rather had her family back. And so she understandably fell into a grief-stricken depression and sought solace in a renowned psychic medium from Boston called Adam Coons. Now, just for a little context here, this wouldn't have been so out of the ordinary during this time period as spiritualism was the new hot thing in religion. And it was quite common for people to visit psychic mediums where they would hold seances and speak to their lost loved ones. Sarah asked psychic Adam to find her husband in the afterlife as she wanted some reassurance and guidance as she was feeling lost. So Adam asked William what Sarah was to do next. But a sweet reunion with her husband was not what Sarah got. Oh, goodness. The medium told Sarah that the message received from beyond the grave was not a happy one. He delivered the news that she had been cursed as a result of the countless lives lost to the Winchester rifle. (gasps) And the spirits of those victims had already claimed the lives of her daughter, Annie, and her husband, William. And now they were coming for her. I, I was about to say this is incredible. <laughs> That's not. Sorry, I take it back. I take. I take it back. I take it back. No, no, no. It's not incredible. But like that was that was, that was the plot twist turn that I was not seeing coming. <gasps> no, you would have thought this would have been a nice, sweet little reunion from the other side, but no, it did not go well. I'm just picturing Davina McCall sitting there in its long lost family, <laughs> the spiritual edition. <laughs> The psychic didn't leave it at that, though. He said he'd been told by the spirits that Sarah could break the curse, but it wouldn't be easy. He said that the spirits wanted her to leave her home in New Haven on the East Coast and travel nearly 3,000 miles west to California, where she must find a large plot of land and continuously build a home, not only for herself, but for the restless spirits of the victims of the Winchester Rifle. The Lost Souls wanted her to know that if the construction ever ceased, she would soon join them on the other side. The psychic warned, if the hammering ceases, you will die. So what? These carpenters and contractors have to slave away 24-7 until this house is built, otherwise she dies? Yeah, that's pretty much what she's been told by ghosts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Winchester House, we're coming for you. (laughs) You will die unless there's hammering and tiling at all times. (laughs) Don't forget the plumbing. Wait, they wouldn't have had plumbing then. Apologies, apologies. Well, they might have done. So you can say plumbing. (laughs) Hey, they had plumbing in that uh, the the prison. Exactly. See, exactly. (laughs) I do. I do pay attention in these potties. Don't just do the episodes and go. They stay with me. Yeah. There's some good little facts, I think, that come out of these that are good to tell over a, a glass of wine in the, in the evening. In the pub. A nice little Chardonnay yeah. or a Savvy B. Yeah. And tell people about ghosts. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> 
So with the many voices of the undead ringing in her ears, she upped and left for California, where she found the perfect spot for the haunted mansion. She purchased 161 acres of orchard that had a little two-storey farmhouse on it, the ideal location to plan out her new home. And just to give you a rough estimate of size, Buckingham Palace has 39 acres. You were joking. Yeah. Uh, so I looked on Google Maps um, back when the Queen died. Um, not not for any other reason other than I was just so curious. Curiosity, yeah. As to, because everybody says there's so much like property at Buckingham Palace. Mm. And um, there is an entire garden behind that is just their private land. Yeah, I've been to that garden. You have? What? In uh, During COVID times, they opened up the garden because obviously they couldn't have people visiting the house. So you could go to the Queen's Garden and have a wander around. I fell asleep on her lawn. <laughs> she didn't kick me out. <laughs> why are you not telling people that over a glass yeah, of wine? Yeah, I should do, shouldn't I, rather than ghosts? <laughs> nah, ghosts can stay. Ghosts can stay. But that is... Right, let me try and do the maths. 39, right, let's round it up to 40. 4, 8, 12, 16. Okay, so that is four Buckingham Palaces worth of land. Yeah. It's crazy. Fuck me. In 1884, construction began on the Winchester House, then known as Lenarda Villa, which means house on flat land in Spanish. Despite her mission from the undead, Sarah decided she was going to design this never-ending construction project on her own instead of hiring architects who would want to complete the project instead of leaving it perpetually unfinished. So in a time before building regulations, she designed the additions to the small, already standing farmhouse herself and hired carpenters to work day and night on the house until it grew to a whopping seven storeys high. What in... In the shard is going on here. In order to make sure construction never ceased, Sarah paid her employees handsomely, and working for Mrs Winchester would earn you double the day rate most other employers were offering. So she was very much liked for that reason, but also because she cared about her employees. But more about that in a little while. Because Sarah didn't employ architects to manage the construction project, the mansion grew in a very haphazard way. Even at the beginning of construction, rooms were being added onto exterior walls, resulting in windows looking into other rooms, and staircases were not properly measured, leaving the steps all at different heights, and everything was generally higgledy-piggledy from the start. For anyone out there that knows their architectural styles, the house was built in the Queen Anne Revival style, which basically means it was super elaborate and gothic, a grandiose Victorian mansion, very fitting for the behemoth of a building it was about to become. The mansion was built on a floating foundation, which means, bizarrely, that the house itself is not entirely attached to its brick base. This might sound like an absolute recipe for disaster, but after an 8.3 Richter scale earthquake struck in 1906 without causing too much damage, people actually think that the unconventional foundation is what saved the majority of the house as it could wobble instead of being rigid. (laughs) However, the earthquake did damage some of the house. By this time, it had multiple towers and reached seven storeys high, and so it had to be reduced over time to a safer four storeys. At least they're being smart. Yeah. 
the earthquake in question actually nearly killed Sarah. She was in one of the many bedrooms when the quake hit at around five in the morning. One of the chimneys collapsed and it sealed the door of the room shut. Once the staff found her, because we're talking a big house, so they had to wander around quite a bit to go and find her. <laughs> hello, hello! Hello! They had to pry the door to the room open with a crowbar and the mark is still left on the wall to this day. Literally shaken by the earthquake, Sarah convened with the spirits to see if they were sending her a message. They said they were upset that the front of the house was nearly finished and that the back of the house was still very much not receiving the attention it deserved. And so Sarah instructed the back half of the house be attended to as a matter of urgency, along with completing repairs from the quake damage. This is how you know gays weren't in charge of this house. Because they weren't looking after the rear. (laughs) 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 But even though she was determined to keep going, Sarah knew how her constantly under construction home looked to outsiders. In a letter written after the 1906 earthquake destroyed a portion of her home, she confessed that the house did look like a crazy person had built it. And it wasn't just her house that earned her the reputation of being a little bit out of the box. She would reportedly travel around the San Jose area in the baking sun in the back of a horse and cart, wearing heavy layers of all-black lace. But this wasn't that uncommon for women of that time who were mourning. Take, for example, Queen Victoria, who wore black for the whole of her life after her husband died. And much like the Queen, Sarah was publicly mourning and would do so for the rest of her life. I mean, we just wear black day to day. Yeah, that's just our general look anyway. You can't go wrong with an all black outfit, I don't think. <laughs> and, then, and then you add a, a colour in a different element, like a hat. Yeah. And suddenly it, it pops. Exactly. Despite this public display of emotion, Sarah was a very private person and there's only a handful of portraits of her, one of which is her in the aforementioned outfit in the back of her horse-drawn carriage, which would also factor into the design of the house. She cleverly had a covered-over carriage room, which was inside the house, so she could be driven straight in and not worry about inclement weather, which I'm sure there probably isn't that much of in San Jose anyway. And this kind of ingenious design would crop up everywhere within her home. So she invented garages? Yeah, pretty Good much. Good on you, Sarah. <laughs> Good on you. Sarah kept building, hiring workers to build more and more onto the house, now paying three times the going rate and requiring construction to be active for 24 hours a day. Hey, hammer away or the ghosts will stay. <laughs> oh, I like it. <laughs> I don't know how she ever got any sleep, though, to be fair. I guess she could probably go and sleep, direct them to build a room down the end, and she sleeps down the opposite end of the house. Unless she had earplugs or she was on the east wing, all she would hear is... All day. Yeah. Nah. That would drive me absolutely insane. But if you were that scared of the ghost, you'd be like... There's a fire... (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I'm so sorry, I'm on one today. I am on one. She required the house to be predominantly made of redwood for stability, but she didn't actually like the look of it, so she hired painters to design a fake grain and stain it so that it looked like a completely different wood. Approximately 78,000 litres of paint were needed to achieve her vision. Isn't that crazy? 78,000 litres, I can't even comprehend that. (laughs) That's, That's like 15 swimming pools. I know, it's mad. 
Since Sarah was made of money, and she truly believed that she must continue construction at all costs to keep the spirits away, she didn't skimp on anything. She commissioned a huge amount of stained glass windows by Tiffany, not the jewellers, the glass company, because I got confused by that as well. <laughs> no, like Tiffany Lamps. Yeah, Tiffany Lamps, yeah. Hmm. Not not Tiffany & Co, which is the, the jewellers. I know. The only reason I know about Tiffany Lamps is my uh, good old days at TGR Fridays. Oh, I see. Yes. Even having them create a bespoke design that was in the shape of a spider's web, which was a talisman for protection, with each window worth thousands of dollars. Gold and silver chandeliers were hung from artfully painted ceilings. She had bespoke textured wallpaper, which was hundreds of dollars a roll. The floors were adorned with hand-laid bespoke parquet flooring, and the furniture looked like something out of Marie Antoinette's palace. As we know by now, no expense was spared for Sarah's spirit mansion, but you may think this place was stuck firmly in the past, but in fact, it was quite the contrary. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. She had steam and forced air heating, modern indoor flushing toilets, push-button gas lights, a hot water shower, which was designed specifically not to get her hair wet, Ah! Indoor plumbing and three lifts, elevators for our American listeners, inside the building. How incredible. How incredible. I know. She was really going all mod cons. This luxury didn't just extend to Sarah's needs, though. Remember I said she was good to her staff? Well, she also made sure that their jobs were made as easy as possible by making sure there was hot running water, indoor sinks and a state-of-the-art laundry system, which made their lives much easier. I'm surprised people left. Well, they didn't leave. (laughs) Oh, yeah, they're there working 24-7. Yeah, exactly. She also had very practical things built in, like two heated conservatories, which were full of plants, another Victorian fad, which had slanted metal floors for water runoff, which were covered by removable wooden floorboards for easy watering. 
She invented the Eden Project. She did. She is, you know, she's just smashing all of these inventions out of the park. <laughs> Look, everything, everything in our modern day society, we've got to thank Saz for. Yeah. The house is also full of entirely impractical things too, though. Doors which open onto brick walls and staircases that go nowhere, with one even going all the way up to the ceiling. Cupboards which open onto a wall and one which doesn't work as a cupboard at all and is more like a door. Also, almost all of the pillars and posts in the house have been installed upside down. (laughs) As you do. Yeah. I don't know whether she just decided that was a better look or whether it was a, a purposeful thing. Maybe maybe the spirit said, this has to be upside down. Well, there's a lot of things in, in Victorian culture, particularly death culture, um, where they had a lot of symbols placed upside down and it was a mark of respect for dead people. So things like they would put torches on graves, but put them upside down. So it was like a life extinguished, that kind of thing. Oh, I do like that symbolism. But one of my favourite facts about this place, though, is that as Sarah was a perfectly teeny four foot ten... She had specific doors made in the house that only people of her stature could comfortably walk through. Sorry, this is a Sarah door and nobody else can enter. If you're four foot eleven, piss off. (laughs) Oh, so teeny though, little four foot ten Sarah. Well, we're five seven, so imagine imagine being like, hello down there, with a beep beep beep. (laughs) You may have thought that as she got older, that Sarah would slow her construction, but she just kept going. But again, this was with practicality in mind. By this time, Sarah was suffering from arthritis and struggling with the many uneven staircases in the property. So she converted many of them into easy riser stairs. These modified switchback staircases, the longest of which was 100 feet long, featured steps that were only a couple of inches high as she couldn't raise her feet any more than that. Oh, bless her. She's got little legs as it is. But incredibly ingenious as well to think, I'm going to make tiny little stairs now so I can still whiz around my mega mansion. I mean, I'm surprised she didn't instill a stand stair lift. Yeah, she she could have done. She knew about lifts. Yeah. So <laughs> why not? <laughs> And in yet another first, she had a section of the house built to ease her arthritis symptoms. She had an area created which was full of fireplaces, so she could really get the heat cranked up. Basically, she built a home sauna before that was even a thing that was known about in America. This woman is genius. Yeah. I blame the guns. (laughs) The Winchester house soon grew to over 24,000 square feet. And as the construction continued, it began to have a distinctly H.H. Holmes vibe about it. Oh, no. But without the intention of murdering people. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, no body, uh, body, uh, what, what body shoots. shoots. Yeah, none of that. That wasn't happening. Probably a laundry shoot, though, just to help out her staff, I would have thought. But no body shoots. <laughs> yeah. Unless you accidentally fell down. Eh? Yeah. And no, no airtight rooms either for gassing people, I don't think. Some staircases would ascend several levels and end abruptly. Doors would open to solid walls, with some doors not opening at all. This made the place disorientating for any house guests Sarah may entertain, and the house never did what you would expect it to do. And some guests would find themselves walking down a hallway, only to turn the corner and find that it came to a dead end. There was even a door to nowhere a hallway that ended with a door that opened out on the third floor of the mansion into the outside world. 
this would be fine if it wasn't on the third floor, but if you open that door and walk through it without looking down, you could drop 12 feet to the concrete path below. That's RIP to that girl you used to be if you went out that door. (laughs) Bloody hell. Whilst the chance of this killing you would be pretty low, it probably would break your ankles, I would have thought. (laughs) Much more. Yeah. With the maze mansion shifting and growing, it's hard to pinpoint exactly the final numbers on the place, but it's estimated that 500 to 600 rooms were built over the years. But due to Sarah's constant remodelling and designing, many were built and then repurposed a few years later. Tornas. Swimming pools. <laughs> yeah, just chuck everything in. You yeah. want something, whatever the new fad is. She's building it. In-home gym, spa. <laughs> Restaurant. TV room. (laughs) Somebody grab the slang kits. (laughs) Here are some absolutely mad stats. It had, and still to this day has. (gasps) Oh my God, right, hit me. You ready? You love this. 160 rooms. 10,000 windows. (laughs) 2,000 doors. Oh my goodness. 52 skylights. 40 staircases. 13, yeah, 13 bathrooms. 47 fireplaces, 17 chimneys, 6 kitchens, 3 lifts, and 1 shower. And a partridge in a pear tree. It's Christmas after all. Yeah. <laughs> it is Christmas. Um, fabulous. I I will be uh, booking a three-night stay, please. A house of that size needed a considerable amount of staff to help run it. Dusting 161 rooms would have not been an easy task alone. Mm. So Sarah had 51 people employed. 18 servants, 13 carpenters, 10 gardeners, and 10 chauffeurs. Alongside this, Sarah also employed her niece, Marion Marriott, as her own personal secretary. What a fabulous name. Sarah was known amongst the town for having an unusually close-knit bond with her staff, essentially treating them like the family she didn't have. She lavished them with gifts and made sure that they lived in total comfort. In return, they provided her with unfaltering loyalty never speaking to journalists or nosy neighbours about the inner workings of the home. And even when their mistress passed away, they quietly left their positions and never uttered a word about the home again. Wow. I know. So they must have... I think they really, really loved Sarah. I think she was a very good employer. Now, it'd be remiss of me if I didn't let the spirits which were so instrumental in building this house have a say, would it? So let's delve into some of the spookier things which are said about the home. I've got my seatbelt, let's do this. Get your Ouija board out, we're we're heading in. (laughs) The Winchester Mystery House is said to be one of the most haunted mansions in the USA. That's because even though Sarah was trying to constantly keep up construction to ward away those evil spirits getting to her, but in doing so, she also opened herself up to invasions from the spirit world via a room specially made in the house for this very reason. Oh, cracky. Despite wanting to deter malevolent spirits and to make them confused with her strange home, she allegedly built a room in the house for this exact reason, to commune with the dead. Sarah, in an effort to gain... Good Spirits Guidance created a seance room in the centre of the home. She would consult these good spirits about how to best appease the evil spirits she was trying to protect herself from in the house, meaning that the voices she made contact with on the other side drove her to create what stands today. 
I know a couple of the episodes that I, we've we've touched on ghosts, and I've got really excited. Mm. I genuinely, genuinely just want to experience something like it, but I just don't want them to follow me afterwards. <laughs> Please do not stalk me. I will get a cease and desist. Well, that's okay. A little circle of salt, a little sage of yourself, and you'll be all right and go home ghost free. <laughs> XOXO Shezzy, I'm off. <laughs> Remember we said that the mansion had 13 bathrooms? Yes. Well, only one of those bathrooms was actually functional. Sarah had made replica dummy bathrooms to try and confuse any of the spirits waiting to surprise her in the dark during a midnight wee. (laughs) (laughs) Just off for a tinkle. I'll go to bathroom 13. Actually, I'm going to bathroom two. (laughs) (laughs) To do a number two. Two. (laughs) I had the chilli last night. It was clear that she also thought the number 13 would protect her from evil spirits as it was the 13th bathroom that was the only one that worked. Oh, wow. And it featured 13 windows and was accessed by 13 steps. In fact, Sarah entrenched the number 13 into a lot of the house and used it repeatedly as a protection symbol. Many rooms had 13 windows, chandeliers were modified to hold 13 candles instead of 12, and even things like overflows and basins would have 13 holes. Oh, wow. Sarah was so worried about the souls of the damned haunting her at night that she would sleep in a different bedroom each night and use secret passageways from room to room so that no ghosts could follow her. As time passed, the inevitable happened and Sarah passed away. Oh, bless her. Joining the spirits she'd so desperately tried to evade her whole life. Sarah died in her bed, in her sleep, in what became her main bedroom. After Sarah died, the staff left and the place was gutted by her niece, Marion. It took removal men six and a half weeks of eight truckloads a day to rid the house of belongings and furniture. I mean, she was a millionaire... And also, there was 161 rooms. I know, so it's going to be pretty full of stuff. <laughs> I mean, we we had three bedrooms in my house, and Lord help us if we ever have to move. Sometimes I do feel like Horde is buried alive, so maybe she was as well. Yeah, quite possibly. Interestingly, Sarah didn't feature the actual house itself in her will, and no one knows why. Perhaps it was because she didn't want to burden anyone in her family with a house full of ghosts. True. The house was sold, and as it was definitely not up to code, it was bought for just $5,000. Nah. All that work. Yep. All that, right, this is why all these new builds that do dodgy, dodgy quick fixes, mm-hmm. and they're not done properly, mm-hmm. this is why they're all going to shit. Mm-hmm. Because they're not to code. Yep. So li- listen to Sarah's mistakes and build your house properly. <laughs> Buy a nice old Victorian one. It definitely won't have any ghosts in it. (laughs) Nice nice little fixer-upper. Go on, treat yourself. However, the new owners knew exactly what they had, and the Winchester Mystery House was open for tours just five months after Sarah's death in 1922. And visitors flocked to the mansion, firstly to see the amazing unprofessional architecture, but also hoping to see some of the spirits that had hounded Sarah over the years. However, what many people didn't realise was that the interiors all had to be built from scratch again as there were none of Sarah's belongings left. Do you know what I'm still laughing at? The unprofessional architecture. Yeah. (laughs) How fabulous. I can just, uh, imagining the people that bought that place being like, right, okay, 
paid £5,000. Let's go in. Let's turn this into something. And walking in through the door and just smashing into the wall behind it. <laughs> do you think that's what... Do, do you think this inspired the crooked houses that we have at, like, theme parks and stuff? Well, maybe I will tell you a little fact oh! about that in a little while. I need to stop jumping the gun on this podcast. <laughs> Mediums would hold seances regularly in different parts of the house, and in 1924, as a result of the paranormal activity, they had an unexpected visitor. <gasps> but this wasn't a ghost. It was, in fact, the man who had set out to disprove mediumship and to investigate those that said they could speak with the dead. Harry Houdini, the infamous escapologist and paranormal sceptic, toured the mysterious home in 1924. Houdini was known for debunking what he considered fake spiritualists and mediums and decided to pay a visit to those in the mansion. He visited around Halloween at midnight to make sure he got peak spooky activity and to mock the mediums. But even sceptic Harry reported that he could not shake the feeling that something was off at the house, stating that something inside the walls was wrong and that to him it was a mystery, which is where the name Winchester Mystery House comes from. I love a mystery. I love it. I feel like I'd be great in Mystery Inc. And Harry might have been right... Even to this day, visitors report lights turning on by themselves, disembodied footsteps and shuffling, voices when there is no one else present, and sounds of nails being removed from wood and then dropping to the floor. That's my shit. I love that. I would love to be like, what was that? Oh, it was just a nail. One of the spookiest hotspots in the house, perhaps unsurprisingly, is the seance room. Legend has it that Sarah used to toll the bell on the property's bell tower at midnight to call in the undead and then ring the bell again at 2am to cleanse the space once she was done with their chit-chat. Why was she not asleep? I don't know, roaming around the house. Well, at least she's got a hundred and four Buckingham Palace's worth of land that she's not going to disturb people whilst they're trying to sleep chiming the bells. (laughs) That's what I was thinking as well, because surely this must be like quite removed from neighbours, I would have thought. (laughs) Yeah, no, it really, really is. Because if someone's ringing a bell at 2am, I'd be like, shut the fuck up! Yeah, yeah, they've um, they've sold, I think, quite a lot of the the extra acres now. But yeah, back then. Well, I don't think people are ringing the bells in 2022 at 2am. No, no. But yeah, that would have been quite noisy, wouldn't it? So the seance room has one entrance, but three exits. It also has a door with a passage to nowhere, which has no handle on the other side. So perhaps Sarah would open this to trap any bad spirits. Isn't an entrance basically an exit as well? Well, yeah, but if you haven't got a handle on the other side, you can't get back through, can you, once the door's closed? 2 nil. <laughs> it's also the only room which has bars on the windows, perhaps to keep the good spirits in and the bad ones out. Sarah was the only person who carried the key to the entrance door and it was said that she made a habit of telling any new staff that no one was ever to go in the room except her. On the third floor of the home is a room referred to as the witch's cap. It's unclear what the room was intended for but its conical ceiling was designed in such a way that if you stand in the centre of the room and whisper the echo of your voice will sound like you're whispering in whoever's standing on the other side of the room's ear. (gasps) That is genius. That's a bit like the ones in, uh, uh, what's the name of the station in New York that's completely just evaded me? 
Grand Central? Grand Central. Yeah, there's a, a whispering gallery in there, so you can do the same thing. If you whisper on one side, the other person can hear how it. Could it. How could it even be quiet enough for anybody to whisper in Grand Central Station? Well, apparently it works. I haven't tried it myself, but... I mean, I haven't been to New York in a hot sec, so... Yeah. There have been a lot of reported instances of disembodied whispers, and those who have ventured in there with a spirit box have reported that it is a very good place to pick up a combo from the other side. What, what, like a combo meal with a restaurant? No, a convo. Conversation. Oh, I thought you said a combo. Like, a combo. Oh, I'll have the chicken combo, please. Chicken selects, please. Oh, my God. <laughs> Stop it. I'm starving. The vast basement is also reported to be active with ghosts and ghouls. A male ghost called Clyde, the former caretaker of the building, is said to often be seen pushing a wheelbarrow down by the coal chute. And in oh. fact, many of the departed house staff have been seen still tenderly carrying out their duties around the place. And finally, we get to reportedly the most haunted part of the Winchester mansion, the room Sarah Winchester died in, her bedroom. Of course it is. It's said to be so haunted that a group of paranormal investigators once reported all seeing a bright ball of red light fly around the room before exploding and fading away. And that's not all. A psychic within that group reported seeing a couple in servants' uniforms standing at the side of the room watching the events unfold. Oh, my God. Scary, isn't it? But fabulous. Yeah. (laughs) One of the creepiest hauntings was on All Hallows' Eve in 1975, when a medium, Joy Adams, and a psychic called Jeanne Borgen held a seance inside Sarah's bedroom. Jeanne became possessed by Sarah's overpowering spirit and reported that she physically aged, her hair growing long and grey and lines appearing on her face before returning to her normal self after Sarah let her go. She did say that despite this sounding pretty terrifying, that she felt Sarah didn't want to cause her any harm. Because Sarah's a lovely girl. Yeah, I think so. And yeah, I think probably just wanted to pay a little visit to say hello. And then disappeared off again. <laughs> I mean, I'm going grey, so if Sarah wants to come speed up the process for me so I can just f- full go George Lamb on you, I'll do it. In 1989, the house suffered yet another earthquake, but luckily the epicentre was 10 miles from the property. And so whilst it did receive some damage, thanks to its intentional wobbly foundation, it was nowhere near as bad as the 1906 quake. Oh, good. The Winchester Mystery House has been recognised as an important historical landmark on the list of national historic places in America. And if you find yourself in California, you can even take a tour yourself to see if you can spot the ghost of Clyde, the many staff, or even Mrs Winchester herself. Give it to that bedroom! However, if you can't make it to the States, then you can take a tour online. Stop it! Which is what I did in preparation for this episode. You were joking. How yeah, was it? It was good. Yeah, it's a little... It's it's not like a um, not like a live tour. It's a, a pre-recorded little video that they show you. But it was good. Did you have to pay for it? Yeah. Oh. Well, it's only a couple of quid, so it's all right. Okay. Yeah, so it's worth it. Something to do for an evening. Like a, like a <laughs> coffee couple of quid? Yeah. yeah oh, okay. Yeah, so it's fine. And the story of the house was even made into a film with Helen Mirren starring as Sarah Winchester back in 2018. <gasps> What's it called? It's called Winchester. Oh my God, I need to go watch it. And some of it was shot in the house itself. You are joking. Oh my God, 
I need to watch this. I need to watch it now. Helen, in press interviews, said that she did feel the presence of Sarah whilst at the Mystery House, but she said she found it to be a kind presence. So we have to assume Sarah was happy with Helen playing her as Mrs Winchester. I mean, I'd be happy if Helen Mirren well, was exactly. playing me. Yeah. <laughs> and to wrap this all up, we're going to end with a fun fact. Oh, I love fun facts. Walt Disney reportedly took a trip to the Winchester Mystery House himself and was inspired to create his own version. <gasps> he... I, I know where this is going! <laughs> he based the ride, the Haunted Mansion, on the San Jose property after enjoying the TARDIS-like interior and it's been recreated in various locations around the world. I could scream with excitement. <laughs> I, ah. Oh. Oh, I'm, I'm booking a trip to Disneyland so I could just go in the haunted mansion and go, Sarah, Sarah. Yeah. There she is at the beginning, hanging around in her ghostly uh, ghostly outfits. I'm obsessed. Right, on Disney Plus, mm. there's a there's a thing, uh, a, a TV series called Behind the Attraction. Oh, yes. Yeah, I've seen that, but I haven't watched any of them yet. You need to. It is brilliant. Yeah. And then they've got an entire episode on the haunted mansion and how it was originally designed and how it's been like evolutionized mm. into the different variations around the world and like the castles episode is great but yeah the haunted haunted mansion right and like th- how they do the drop oh it's so clever so so clever it re- it shatters a lot of the magic behind it but that's why it's called behind the attraction because it's for curious people like me to see how it was made. Yeah. Yeah, I know I've said this before on the poddy, but yeah, watching behind the scenes videos and like ride POVs and things, like that's my favourite. That's what I do in my downtime. I like to watch haunted houses and I like to watch people going on like the Jurassic World ride and things. (laughs) I have to say, I went to um, Universal Studios when I was in Hollywood. Mm, and um, I would love to. It was the new Jurassic World. Mm. So it's not Jurassic Park ride anymore. Yeah. It's now the Jurassic World one. And like the, you go through the new, um, you know, in the new one where they've got the big, big fuck off thing. Like the tank thing. Yeah. Yeah. You go through the tank with it. <gasps> yeah. And it knocks out with its Water tail over a the bit. edge, yeah. And it, no, it knocks it through the glass and it ah, comes out the glass. Ooh. <laughs> it's great. It is great. But fabulous. I love, that's made me so excited that we've just learned about this house and something that I absolutely love, the Haunted Mansion, is now based off of this. Oh! (laughs) So all that leaves us to ponder is, was the house built by the spirits of those killed by the Winchester rifle or was it just from the brain of a haunted woman? And that was the story of the Winchester Mystery House and the end of season one. Oh, don't, because I could cry. Oh. We look. I loved that one. I think. I think that was so much fun because it was as as traumatic as it was that unfortunately Sarah lost her entire family and then was haunted that she built this entire house. At least she's a happy ghost. Yeah, I think so, and I think. The fact that the mystery house is still there to today and still, you know, is perplexing people. Surviving all these earthquakes. Yeah, is amazing. Wibble wobble, wibble wobble, jelly on it. 
Plate. Plate. <laughs> I was trying to think of something to do with the house, but yeah, let's just stick to the original. No, I loved that. And I've loved this season, Nikki. Me too. I've had so much fun. And yeah, I think we've covered lots of interesting things. We've covered lots of really dark stuff, but also fun things like this today and aliens. And very, very vast topics. Yeah, very, very vast topics. And I think that's what makes this pod so interesting. The lengths and depths of this podding. What can I say? So we just have to say the knowledge out there on this topic is vast and much more than we can fit in one episode. So please check out our sources if you want to find out more. Yes, and if you have been affected by any of the topics in this episode, then please look at the description for all the helpful resources. Next season on Killers, Cults and Queens, we'll be bringing you more murders, more cults and more ghouls galore. We will be back after a little break, so be sure to keep us locked and loaded in your podcast app of choice and keep up to date with us on social media at Killers, Cults, Queens on Insta. In the meantime, if you want to keep up with us, I have my own show called Macabre London, so um, that's podcast and YouTube if you want to check any of those out. And Cheryl, have you got anything that you want people to check you out on? And yes, I am touring this length of this country and Ireland as well until March 2023. So if you want to see me on stage in a city near you, you can find out where I'll be at deathdropplay.com. And seeing as it is the season to be giving and loving, keep your eyes peeled for an extra special Christmas episode. Well, it's not really that Christmas, but... Well, it's not very Christmassy, but it's, it doesn't involve some glitter in some, a very unusual place. So. <laughs> exactly. So we have a very, very special episode for you guys. So get ready for your Christmas stocking filler. See you next time. And don't be a killer or join a cult. Just be a fabulous queen on Killers, Cults and Queens. Goodbye. Thank you. We love you. Bye. Bye, 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 Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.